0: And Welcome or welcome back to Scottish and Scared. I'm Stephanie and before we get into it, if you guys listening have ever had any strange or unusual experiences, have any requests for future episodes or you just fancy a general gib-gab, please email us at scottishandscared at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at scottishandscaredpod and if you wouldn't mind, please rate, review and share wherever you may be listening. It does help us a great deal and big, big thank you to anyone who already has. Well... It has been a while since I've sat down and done an episode, Uh, the reason being I was actually supposed to be moving house and then we were told we weren't moving house and then we were told we were moving house and then we were told we weren't moving house and then we were told we were. So we are finally moving house, that is what is happening and it's good news because it means that I will have a dedicated space to do this podcast at the moment. I'm kind of sitting in a very enclosed um. I, w- I don't want to say cupboard because that kind of gives the Harry Potter under the stairs vibe. But it's a it's a really big cupboard. It's got high ceilings and stuff. But I'm kind of just in this very small enclosed space, and it's kind of like where our like electricity mains and gas mains are, and they've kind of got like garden furniture and stuff in here. So um, it's kind of it's a, it's a teeny tiny, teeny wee bit cramped. So in the new house, I'm going to have a dedicated space for this, which means I will be more motivated to do it and it will give me a better working environment. So that's good. Uh, For those of you in Scotland, you will know that we opened back up on Monday and by that I mean there were several places of work that opened back up. Stores, um, hairdressers, salons, tattoo shops. I'm actually booked in to get a tattoo on Tuesday. Cannot wait. And um, most importantly, bars and pubs. But beer gardens, you are not allowed to drink alcohol unless you're sitting in a beer garden, which is annoying. But nevertheless, I think that's what most people were excited about. But the first day that the beer gardens opened back up, it was torrential rain here. So, you know, typical Scotland. But that is also good news. It means that we can all kind of kind of start getting back to some sort of normality, going back to work, all that jazz. And yeah, it's all good news. The weather is also starting to heat up here as well as we kind of go into the spring, summer months. Uh, we usually get up to about 22 degrees here which I know sounds absolutely pathetic to anybody outside of Scotland. But here that is like the peak of our summer and it is so warm here. So I think everybody's kind of looking forward to that as well. The day I'm recording this is Thursday and it will go up on Thursday. So I want to wish you guys a great weekend and whatever you're doing. I will be spending the weekend with my nephews. Uh, I have two nephews, and my youngest nephew has just turned two today, which I just cannot believe that. Oh, hello to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's absolutely beautiful up here. I can it's sporty. Look, look, look. It's raining here. Well, I've been saying that I feel bad to you, but I really don't. Ah, it's been terrific. Oh, I'm outside. I'm having your favourite hen, like a BGI Daniels and Coke. <laughs> Um, it's just about watching football. It's been I mean, I we got me live They it? you have you got me live on the podcast? Right, anyway, i me buy you podcast out. Hello from Inverness. Man, get me live next time, mate. Right. Live. Go live. Bye. Right. Uh, so, sorry to just jump in here, but my dad just FaceTimed me from Inverness and was uh, wishing all you guys a nice weekend. And hello. He wanted to say hello and he calls you guys the podcast crew. So, hello the podcast crew from my dad in Inverness. <sighs> anyway yeah my second oldest eh, sorry my second youngest nephew has just turned two today and I cannot believe that he is two years old it makes me feel old I don't like it I don't want him to grow I want him to stay that size forever and love me forever he's going to get to an age where he hates me and I'm just not about that life I'm not about it so that's fantastic I hope you guys have an amazing weekend um and you have great fun doing whatever it is that you're doing and without boring me any further, uh, why don't we just get into today's tale? Now, this tale is a rather short one, but it is one that is very near and dear to me because uh, my grandpa used to tell me this story when I was younger. And I think it's, um, it's one of those stories that's just fueled my obsession with the occult and stuff like that. He wouldn't tell me this story in a massively great detail the way that I'm going to tell you but he would kind of just like tell me as like a spooky story and I would just be so engrossed. So I thought I would bring it to you and maybe some of you have heard it, you can let me know. So this little short story takes place in the House of Bins which is a large estate and manor located in West Lothian. Uh, It's also known as just like the Bins, the Bins that is just what it is known as. And I know that that name doesn't sound very nice or appeasing, but I do assure you that the manor and the grounds that it's located on are absolutely gorgeous. At present, it is under the management of the National Trust of Scotland, like many of the castles here. But it was the home of the Daliel family until that point in around 1944. quickly want to mention this because (laughs) this is the only thing I don't like about this place. Um, If you know me personally, you'll know that I have a crippling fear of birds. I don't like birds, uh, it's not just birds, it's anything that has the ability to fly around my body, I don't like it. don't like flies, I don't like anything, insect with wings, butterflies, beautiful, just stay away. Birds, I cannot, I just cannot deal and one of the, one of the types of bird that I absolutely cannot stand are peacocks. Now the reason is, there is like a little petting zoo slash farm type place um, in the park next to my house. And I used to do uh, my work experience in there when I was at school. And there was this massive peacock that was just like free roaming that would walk about this place. And one day it just took an instant dislike to me and chased me around the farm. Now, I don't know if you've ever been chased by a peacock or been near a peacock when it does that thing with its feather feathers like it shakes them and stuff I mm, that's too Jurassic Park for me I'm not I'm just I, I'm not feeling it so also that same peacock stole my cousin's dummy straight out of his mouth when we were there when we were smaller I don't like peacocks is what I'm trying to say so on these grounds where the manor is situated there are peacocks that just Free roam, they just walk the grounds and yes, they're very elegant and gorgeous, but that sealed the deal for me. I will never be visiting this place, I will never be in the vicinity unless I'm in a car with the doors locked. So, yeah, just thought I'd let you in on that. Mm. They call them peafowl, I don't know if there's a difference between a peacock and a peafowl. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but they call them peafowl. Yes, there's free roaming peafowl on the grounds. Now this home can be dated back to as early as 1335 which is when the first written documents relating to the home can be found. There are even records from 1478 claiming that the house was originally owned by a man named Archibald Meldrum. It had passed hands a couple of times until it was purchased in 1612 by Edinburgh Burgess Mr Thomas Dalio. Now I'm pronouncing his second name as Dalio, it might be Dalio, Dalio was how I'm saying it. And this is kind of where our little story begins. So Thomas Delio was a very well-known man. He acquired his wealth as a very successful butter merchant, which is not a profession that you really hear of anymore. Also, fun fact, I fucking hate butter. I hate it. I've hated it from the minute I came out of the womb. I don't eat it on pieces. I don't eat it on bread. I don't eat it on potatoes. I don't like it. Just a wee fun fact for you there. Now... Thomas would import butter from Orkney to Leith, where it would have been used for a variety of different things. It wasn't just used as like f- on food and stuff like that. At this point, he's really not settled. He's kind of here, there, everywhere. And then he married the daughter of Edward Lord Kinless in 1601. And this is where he kind of started to settle down a bit. Another thing I find really bizarre, during like, these kind of times, like 17th century, 16th century, do you, not, do you not find it really weird that women don't have names? Like, obviously they have names, but they're always described as, like, the daughter of, or the sister of, or the wife of. They're never just described as their names, which I just find really bizarre. So Thomas actually managed to gain more influence and wealth by marrying this woman, um, because her father went on to be appointed Master of roles by the Scottish King at the time, James VI, that same year. And through this kind of notoriety and wealth, he was finally able to make his home here in Scotland, where he bought the land of Binnis and eventually built the manor on it. And this would then be the family home from that point onward, which is the house we're talking about now. So Thomas had a very vast and actually very, very very interesting military background. So if that's something that you would be interested in hearing about, then I would definitely dive a bit deeper into that. It's just not something I'm going to cover on here because I don't think it's relevant Uh, The thing that I found most interesting is that he had the nickname Bloody Tam. That kept coming up in my research, Bloody Tam, Bloody Tam, which reminded me of someone else that we spoke about here on the podcast. Now, if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you'll know that we've done an episode on Bloody Mackenzie. He gained that name because of the cruel and cold way he treated the captured Covenanters at the Greyfires Kirkyard. And so I decided to look into that a bit further. And turns out that Thomas also gained the name Bloody Tam for the exact same reasons. He was also involved in the keeping of these um, prisoners and he also was very cruel man towards them, um, the way he treated them. That kind of got him the nickname Bloody Tam. So I found that really strange, that there was kind of like a little, a little link there. And that seems to happen quite a lot uh, in my episodes. I seem to kind of linked a lot of them through just wee strange details it wasn't until thomas's passing in 1686 that all of these kind of strange tales began to do the rounds and honestly i have no idea where my grandpa heard this story i don't know if it was something that he heard from his grandpa or he's just heard it like with the boys or something i have no idea because our family isn't from this area so it's not like something that he would just know Anywho, so after Tam's passing, people started to tell this story about how he was known to have a friend around every so often and they would have a good old game of cards. Who was that friend, you ask? Well, his friend was none other than Lucifer himself. Yes, that's right. He would have the devil around to have a nice chill game of cards, a little night with the boys, some beers, you know. And during one of these games... Tam was just so sick of losing every single time to the devil, which come on, like he's the devil, he's, he's probably going to win every time. So he got so sick of this that he decided to cheat and he placed a mirror behind the devil's seat so that he could see his playing cards. And obviously with the help of this mirror, Tam finally won a game. Now this pissed off the devil so much that he completely lost it and stood up from the table and then he just angrily threw the table that they were sitting at across the room and out of the window into a small pond that was just outside the window. This story was told throughout the years to children and people coming and going from the house, but it was always just known as exactly that, just a scary story that people would tell kids to scare them, and just like, you know, like those just gossip people would say to each other. But in 1870, there was a very unusual drought in the area, which if you're from Scotland, you know that is very unusual. And this caused the water in this pond outside to lower and amazingly reveal the corner of a large marble card table. It's not really known what happened when the table was removed, but at some point in the 20th century, the family living in the home decided to have it repaired and restored by a local joiner. Weirdly, the joiner that they asked to repair it was the same joiner who removed it from the pond all those many years ago. This table is still in existence and you can see a photograph of it. I have no idea if it's on show at the home or it's in a collection somewhere. But to look at it, it is a very stunning piece of furniture. It's white marble and it's got like a lovely pattern around the edges. And if you look closely at the back corner of the table, there's a very noticeable circular stain that does kind of look like a hoof mark. And it's said to be where the devil kicked the table in anger all those years ago. Which is pretty cool that there's a story and there's kind of like evidence, kind of, to back it up. I'll put all these pho- sorry. I'll put all these photographs on the Instagram so you can have a look at them. But if you just Google them, you'll, they'll come up. And that's the story. So what do you guys think? Do you believe that the devil was visiting Tam for a wee break now and again to play cards? That's another thing. The devil seems to really like Scotland. There's, like, I think I've done several episodes on castles here where the devil has either been seen on premise or he's been known to stay in one of the rooms. So I don't know if this is kind of, like, his little vacation spot. He kind of likes it here. I don't know why. But he seems to be here quite a lot and he seems to feature in these stories quite frequently. But I think it's pretty cool that this is kind of, like, one of those little folklore kind of stories that you hear when you go to, like, small towns and stuff. But there is actually a table recovered from the pond that kind of goes along with the story. Now, I don't know if the story is even true, or maybe they just found the table in the pond and the story kind of came from that, stemmed from that. Maybe they just decided to put this scary story along with it. And not to take the mystery away from the story, but I'm really 100% that I have heard this story told in several different versions. Like, I've been told that. Two men were playing cards one night and one of them dropped the card on the floor and when he went to pick it up he kinda bent down and when he looked under the table he saw that the man sitting in front of him's feet were hoofs and that he was playing cards with the devil. Like I've heard similar stories like that. And I also kinda googled it just to see if other stories would come up and there was so many different stories. There was some from Ireland, there was some from England, there was some from Europe. It was kinda the same premise. The story was the same. It was just minor details that changed this is the only one that I found that obviously had the table in it that's the only different detail about the story but is this just a story created to fit the situation or does the devil make a habit of visiting all these different places for a game of cards I guess we'll never know guys but what do you think I did a little digging into the house of bins um to see if there were any ghost stories that were told about the place there was one um said to be there was like a phantom pair of boots that would be seen kind of just walking around the premises and these were said to be thomas's boots but that is the only ghost story that i could find apart from the table story um which is quite rare that a scot an old scottish property isn't riddled with ghost stories but i personally really like this one I think it's really cool, I like the fact that there's evidence to back it up and as I said it's just near and dear to me because my grandpa used to tell me this story all the time and it's probably a story that I'll tell with my kids, Um, so yeah that's the house of the winds guys. Like to quickly note before we finish, uh, yeah we started a new series called There's Been a Murder where I talk about a murder case that has happened here in Scotland um I predominantly wanted to focus on past like deep in the past murders because there are a lot of murders uh present time that I don't really feel comfortable talking about right now but that was supposed to be a series that we did every week but one of you guys messaged me and asked me to make it a monthly series which I totally agreed with I think that would be amazing because it means that I can put more time into it and I can really really research it And if there's any bigger cases that I'm looking at, it gives me plenty of time to make sure I get all the facts straight and bring you guys the full story. So I just wanted to give you a quick update on that. And I should be here for you guys every single week from now on because I have my space, I have my own wee set up and everything's going good. So yeah, that's it guys. I hope you all have a smashing weekend and I will 100% see you guys next week. Bye guys. (laughs)